Good morning, Church! As we conclude our series on Hebrews, always remember the main theme of this letter, which is the supremacy and superiority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, during that time, the Christian community, like today, have mixed composition. There were true believers who comprised the majority, and there were some who had the knowledge of Christ but have not come all the way to a saving relationship. We have also observed the sufferings they encountered. In the previous chapters, it says they were maligned, oppressed, their properties were confiscated, and some were even imprisoned. For the true believers who were struggling, some were considering of turning back to Judaism, but the writer encouraged them do not throw away your confidence in Christ, which is a great reward. And to those who understood what Christianity is but have not made a personal commitment, the writer invited them, get into the race. Like I said before, this message is truly timely because even if we are not Jews, know that in the coming days, it will be more difficult and things probably will not look good. The days ahead will have headwinds of hardship and adversities, to the point that even our families, friends, and business associates might be turned off by our new way of life. Yet, with these challenges, we will learn that we should not succumb to these pressures. We must not revert to our old ways, traditions, or customs. This morning, we will discover the four facets of our faith race, which are Exhortation 1.0, the example, the exercise, and finally, Exhortation 2.0. Remember this, patiently endure the race, focus on Jesus, the author of faith. Let me repeat that. Patiently endure the race. Focus on Jesus, the author of faith. Before we continue, let us bow our heads and pray. Lord, I pray for everyone who is listening to your message right now, that you will not allow anything or anyone to distract them or hinder them. I also pray that you will allow me to clearly express what you want us to learn, nothing more and nothing less. Allow us to have a humble and teachable heart. Please give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hands and feet to act in accordance to your word. May you truly lay upon our hearts the things that are yours, Father, for we pray all of this only in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. So, what are the four facets of our faith race? Well, the first is Exhortation 1.0. Let me read verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, our Christian life is described in different ways. 
metaphors are often used as a mode of comparison. Sometimes the Christian life is compared to a wrestler. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the powers of darkness. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 6, our Christian life is also compared to a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. And still, in Hebrews chapter 12, our Christian life is compared to a runner. But the race to be run is not a sprint or short distance, but a marathon. Now, to give you an idea, the distance of a regular marathon is 42.195 kilometer. And using Google Maps, you know, it's like running from UECP going to Rizal Park. Back and forth. Five times. No. It's a picture of how difficult the race is. Now, in the original language, the word race is pronounced agona. Now, do you know of an English word that sounds like that? Agony. The word agona literally means to strive, to exert, and have a complete concentration towards the goal. And this is the reality that our faith race is going to be tough and grueling and we have to go through rigid training in order to finish well and finish strong. Now, some of you may be saying, can I run my faith race later? Remember, our faith race starts once we become a believer. Let me repeat that. Our faith race starts once we become a believer. Let me tell you, in my Christian life, there were times when I seemed to have slowed down in my race. I even went backwards because of backsliding and temptations. So, to prevent that from happening, verse 1 tells us that we need to lay aside every weight. You know, in our faith race, we need to run light. We need to take off yung mga excess weights. You know, at first I thought weights were sinful things. But the conjunction N differentiates between weights and sin. So what were the weights that could be slowing down the Jewish Christian? Well, since he was speaking to the Jews, these weights could be their mosaic traditions, their circumcisions, their sabbats, or even their Jewish ceremonies. Though they are permi permissible and not sinful, when they put too much weight or emphasis on them, it will slow them down. It will slow them down as they run the faith race. Today, what could be the weights that are slowing us down? Well, these weights could be putting too much emphasis on good works. It could mean being rigid in our dietary, dietary restrictions. No? Kosher diet lang. Ah. These weights could even be our hobbies, like googling, 
online shopping, online gaming, Facebook, TikTok, collecting, no, etc. But take note, no, take note. I am not saying that recreation and enjoyment are wrong. But unnoticeably, we become so caught up. We become so involved in an, in an activity that it prevents us from being effective in the faith race. Though decent, these good things are now keeping us away from the best things that the faith race will bring us. Not only that, we also need to lay aside sin which clings so closely. Now, there are many debates as to what that sin is, but the context tells us it is the sin of unbelief. Hebrews 10, 38-39 says, But my righteous shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and persevere their soul. To shrink back means those who hesitate to confess to what they believe. These are people who do not live by faith, which is a form of unbelief. The word cling in this passage describes something that wraps itself so tightly around our feet that we slow down or stumble. You know, it reminds me of cling wrap, the one that we use to seal food so that they remain fresh. Imagine huh? cling wrap being wrapped around your legs while you run. It's only a matter, matter of time not before you fall. It's already tough trying to take off those excess weights in our life. Add to that the sin of failing to trust and obey God in these challenging times of our life. Do you know that when we engage in the sin of unbelief, the attitude and the thinking we're having is we will find pleasure when God says we won't. We assume that we will find contentment because we now believe the enemy's lies rather than the word of God, which again becomes another form of unbelief. That's why Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 teaches us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge God, and He will make our path straight. Let me ask you, at this juncture of your faith race, where do you need to trust God? Maybe you're making some plans, and you want to justify your own ways or solutions. Has it anything to do with your business or finances? Is it connected with plans for your children or family? Is it even linked to your career or ministry? Whatever that burden or concern, remember, you must lay aside the sin of failing to trust and obey God because it will surely cost you to stumble. Now, it's not just carrying 
those excess weights or being entangled with sin, but there is something far worse. Alam nyo kung ano yon? Quitting the race. And thus, we are called upon to run with endurance. Now, the word run is in the present tense. In Greek, when a verb is in the present tense, the idea is we must continuously do, do it. No? We must continuously do it. And so, we should keep on running every moment, every day. We are to run this race. There's no holiday, no vacation leave. So long as we are alive, so long as we are breathing, so long as we are here in planet Earth, we should always be running and moving forward. We should also run with endurance. Now, this word is defined in the Bible dictionary as to bear up under. And so when we are under some form of stress or pressure, we sometimes want to slow down or even quit. But the writer encourages us, no matter how big the obstacle, we must move forward and continue in our race. This is also Paul's exhortation to the believers in Philippi. Strive towards the prize. And so, my brothers and sisters, endure and keep on running the faith race. Again, patiently endure the race. Focus on Jesus, the author of faith. What are the four facets of our faith race? Number one, exhortation 1.0. Second, example. Verses 2 to 4 reads, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. In Hebrews chapter 11, the writer presented to us God's hall of faith. Men of faith like Abel, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, David. These men have run and completed the race that was set before them. Though they may provide a good testimony to us, there is only one that rises above the rest. In the NASB version, looking to is translated to fix our eyes. Now, fixing our eyes means to turn our eyes away from other things and to fix them on one thing. Let me repeat that. Fixing our eyes means to turn our eyes away from other things and to fix them on one thing. And like the word run, fix is in the present tense, which means always turn our eyes away from other things and to always fix our eyes on Jesus. Why? 
Well, because with regards to the faith that you and I have, remember, Jesus is the founder. Yes, Jesus is the reason why you and I have faith. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Did you hear that? No. Faith is given to us as a gift. Yet, Jesus is not just the founder and author of faith, but he is also the perfecter of faith. This means that Jesus will carry our faith in him to its completion. And that is why we believe that no true believer will ever become an unbeliever because Jesus will faithfully complete what he started. My brethren in UECP, maybe at this moment, you may be at the most darkest time of your life. You may be in the most difficult hour of your faith race. But I want you to remember this. You can run victoriously when you fix your eyes on Jesus because He is greater than whatever it is you are facing. Let me repeat that. You can run victoriously when you fix your eyes on Jesus because Jesus is greater than whatever it is that you are facing. And so, as we constantly fix our eyes on Jesus, in verse 3, the writer adds, we must consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You know, today, when someone asks us to consider something, what we normally do is we do not give much thought or attention. But in this passage, to consider means to do a careful, correct, and complete study. You know, brothers and sisters, it's not enough to have a shallow and superficial understanding of Jesus. We cannot always have devotionals as our spiritual food because it could possibly cause us to stray away from God, what God wants us to learn from His Word. But we have to know Jesus. And by knowing, it means spending time listening to Him, regularly meditating on His words so that we can develop a more intimate and deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus do what He did? Why did He suffer for us? Why did He endure the cross? Why did the Great Shepherd lay down His life for His sheep? You know, when we consider when we do a careful, correct, and complete study of Jesus and His works, we will be enlightened that He cares for us. We will be illumined of His purpose and plans, such that we will not get discouraged. We will not lose hope, because we know that you and I are precious. Yes, we are precious in His sight. And He is always with us. Remember, patiently endure the race. 
Focus on Jesus, the author of faith. What are the four facets of our faith race? First, exhortation 1.0. Number two, example. Number three, exercise. Verses 5 to 11 reads, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there when his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the fathers of spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But God disciplined us for our good, that we may share His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, initially the heading that I want to use here is training. But since I started with letter E, no? Exhortation 1.0. Example. Pinanindigan ko na. Exercise. Anyway, you may say, no? Pastor, earlier you said Jesus is greater than whatever it is that I am facing. So, why am I suffering? Why is my life so difficult? Why did I have to lose my home, my property, my job, my business in this pandemic? Why does this have to happen to me? Probably those were the very questions the Jewish Christians were asking. So the writer began reminding them, Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? For the word sons, refers to the true believers who are running the faith race. He wanted them to know that this suffering and hardship that they were experiencing is not something new. They should not be shocked or surprised. Why? Because of discipline. Now, discipline. The Greek word is paideia, which means training. For some, their training could be corrective in nature, meaning sometimes it can be painful as God may be pruning them to cause them to bear more fruit, just like in John chapter 15, verse 2. This discipline or training could be preventive in nature because God wants to protect us from self-glory, from being too confident, from our pride. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. The thorn in the flesh was to prevent Paul from becoming conceited. This training could also be instructive in nature, which is to teach them life experiences, leading to a deeper fellowship with God. Just like Job, he was righteous. Wala siyang sin, wala siyang mali. Yet, he was trained. 
he was disciplined for the purpose of not just only having heard of God, but after what he went through, he had a life-changing experience and a high view of God. And so with that background, the writer warned them in verse 5, Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplined the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. Now, during our discipline, there's a possibility huh, that we might regard lightly God's discipline. This means that we do not give much thought about discipline because we are so concerned about the pain and hardship that is being inflicted to us rather than what God is trying to teach us. Sobra tayong focus dun sa hirap. We forgot what God is trying to teach us in this discipline. And so my brothers and sisters, if you are in this situation, please do not Take your discipline lightly because God is intentional and purposeful in His discipline. Another possibility is we might be weary when we prove. Now, to be weary means we want to give up because the discipline is so painful and discouraging that we become very frustrated. Yet we fail to realize that we are being reproved. Now, to reprove means God is bringing us to a point of recognizing our wrongdoings. Brethren, if you are in this situation, remember what David did in Psalm 32 verse 5. I confess my sins to God and I didn't hide my guilt. I said I will confess my iniquities to the Lord and He forgave the guilt of my sin. After these warnings, the writer in verse 6 tells us the reason why we are being disciplined. For the Lord disciplines those He loves, and He chastises every son whom He receives. Now, I would like to call this discipline as God's redemptive love for us, His own sons and daughters, bearing in mind the different types of discipline, which could be what? Corrective protective or instructive in nature. Every son here means no one is exempted. If you are a son or a daughter of God, you are or we are subject to discipline. And the reason is because God has a high expectation of His children. God expects more from His children than those who are just bystanders or spectators of the race. And part of that discipline is God chastises every son he receives. In other version, the word scourge, no scourge is used in place of chastises, which literally means to be bitten with a whip. You know, our discipline and training is not just a slap in the hand or a mean look, yung makuha ka sa tingin na. No. But God's discipline can be severe. And this is a timely reminder to all of us that our Christian life will not be easy. But the writer doesn't leave us becoming desperate because he also explains to us in verses 7 to 11 
why discipline is needed for many of us who are undergoing such hardship and trials. Please try to hear them out. Discipline produces endurance. In verse 7, every runner running the faith needs to build their stamina and muscles so that we will be able to sustain the faith race. And this is part of our rigid training so that we will not run aimlessly but be focused on running our race. Discipline also proves sonship. You see that in verse 7 to 8. It assures us of our inheritance, that our salvation is genuine because it shows that we are not illegitimate but legal and legitimate children of God. Discipline instills respect. You see that in verse 9. If the Lord does not discipline us, then our healthy fear and our respect and reverence of God will be very, very low. Discipline creates submission. Our discipline produces a humble submission, causing us to live the way God wants us to live. God's plan is for us to have life and have it abundantly. Discipline produces holiness. You know, as a father, I discipline my children, but with the limited wisdom and understanding I have, many times, many instances, I was wrong. I was heavy-handed. But our Heavenly Father does His discipline perfectly. And though and through the course of our discipline, God is inwardly developing and producing Christ-likeness or Christ-like character in us. Discipline develops righteousness. Now, I want you to remember the key word here, later. Because right now, we will not be jubilant when our business goes bankrupt or closes. We will not rejoice when we discover that we have a terminal illness or we lose someone we love. We will not celebrate when we have unresolved conflict in our relationship. But later, after the storm clears, comes the peace of God. Our discipline may be strong and intentional, but it is purposeful because the outward manifestation is it bears the peaceful fruit of righteousness. As I finish facet number three, I will quote Steve Lawson who says, God loves us unconditionally just the way we are, but he loves us so much, He is not going to let us stay the way we are. So remember, patiently endure the race. Focus on Jesus, the author of faith. The last facet, no? first you have exhortation 1.0, second, example, third, exercise, last, exhortation 2.0. Verses 12 to 17 reads, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone, and for holiness, without which 
no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know afterward when he desired to inherit the blessings, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Once again, the writer gives another exhortation, but this time only to the true believers, and reminding these true believers the impact their action will have, will have to those who have not fully committed themselves to Jesus. And what is that? They should lift their drooping hands and strengthen their weak knees. You know, during the course of our race, we will become weak. And I mean, we will be much weaker than in other instances. There will also be times when we will be very, very discouraged. So he urge us, do not get tired of the race. Wag tayong mapapagod. You will notice that when a runner gets tired, his hand starts to come down. His legs shaky na. And the only way for him to finish his race is to focus on the finish line. The same thing happens when we are spiritually tired and exhausted. Our only hope is to turn away our eyes from those trials and hardship and to focus our eyes only to Jesus. Remember Peter when he walked on waters? But when he began to turn his eyes to the wind and to the waves, when he turned away from focusing on Jesus, he began to fear and he started to sink. My brothers and sisters in UECP, are you exhausted? Are you about to give up on your faith race? You know, now is the best time to refocus and to fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, one way of not getting tired is to be an encourager. No, mag-encourage tayo ng ibang mga believers. The term make straight paths for your feet refers to tracks or mark or marks left by the wheels of a cart or chariot. Or in today's time, it could be that tire marks that is left by our vehicle, which someone can follow. So Spiritually speaking, the tracks and marks that we leave behind are our godly lives and example. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, Let no corrupting talk come out of these mouths, but only such as is good for building up. And these godly tracks will result in helping the lame not be put out of joint and be healed, but be healed. You know, the term lame primarily refers to those who have not fully committed themselves to a saving relationship with Jesus. Now, these people are very vulnerable, especially when a believer sets a bad example. And this is to remind us that our bad testimony can cause an irreversible harm and cause an unbeliever 
to be put out of joint or dislocated spiritually. But when we live in obedience, when we give a good life testimony, it will bring healing to a person who was put out of joint. You know, I will always be thankful for how the Lord used two pastors to bring me back into his sheep pen. The two pastors were patient, considering my hostile attitude towards them. You know, as time passed, the Lord softened my hardened heart and transformed me. And that's why you ECP brethren, we need to watch how we live. And then in verse 14, we need to strive for peace with everyone and for holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Again, the writer is exhorting the true believers, and so he is not presenting a means of salvation, but it relates to their practical living. And the word strive means, ah, no, we need to run swiftly in order to reach the goal. And what is our goal? Well, to be at peace with fellow believers and to be holy. So be a peacemaker. You know, one of the things that drains and weakens us easily is when there are unresolved conflicts and issues between believers. And so we should strive for peace. You know, we need to plant seeds of harmony and peace in our relationship with fellow believers. Of course, we will not agree on everything, I know. But in our disagreements, remember, let us major on the majors and not on the minors. We should put off our, in Tagalog, talangka mentality of wanting to pull down each other because this will only slow us down. This will wear us down in our race. Jesus commands us, Love one another, for by this people will know that you are my disciples. We should also strive for holiness, and it means to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so to love God means we want to please Him, and thus we strive to live right. We pursue obedience. Do you know that our holy lifestyle that our Christ-like attitude can positively affect and God willing cause our unbelieving loved ones, relatives and friends to be attracted to God. Remember, we are God's light. We are God's walking advertisement. We are His image bearer. And from this peaceful and holy lifestyle, Unbelievers will see the Lord in and through us. You know, my father, who is antagonistic towards Christians, to my surprise, told me in one of our lunch dates, one thing he admires about Christians that they truly walk the talk, as he saw that in the life of his Christian doctor. We were really filled with joy because those are godly marks left behind to encourage an unbeliever to be attracted to God. And, you know, our family 
is really praying that God will regenerate the heart of my dad so that he will very soon come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, the phrase, see to it, in verse 15, literally means look diligently. As a true believer, we are told to watch over. We need to look out. We need to, we have to seek out someone or certain individuals. Why? So that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. The term no one pertains to an unbeliever who could die before trusting God. So we need to look diligently so that we are not too late. We must not be embarrassed. We must not be afraid of offending an unbeliever because, you know what? It is more of an offense not to have presented the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. Don't wait for last-minute evangelism. Do it now. Look diligently so that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. You know, this statement brings back to the time when Moses warned the Israelites to not to turn away from God and not to serve other idols so that they will not be a root that bears a poisonous and bitter fruit. Today, an example of a root of bitterness that might spring up and cause trouble is a person in our group who superficially identifies himself with Christ, but later goes back to his old faith. The believers were told to watch out and guard against such people because they might cause problems from within and contaminate, contaminate the fellowship and the church. Look, diligent, look diligently also so that no one is sexually immoral or unholy. You know, Esau was the epitome of an immoral and godless person. Though Judas may not be far behind, the two had every chance to follow and know God, yet they willfully turned their backs. Esau desired the promised blessings. It's true. He was remorseful for what he did because the text says he cried, but he never repented. You know, the Esau's of today could be people in our church or small groups who are seeking after the benefits or the blessings of God, but not God. What I mean is, these people want the safety, the happiness, the peace, and all the other benefits that God gives, but they will not put their complete faith in God. We are reminded by the writer to watch out that somebody in our fellowship may be like an Esau. We need to teach them. We need to correct them and warn them so that God's rejection will not happen. In summary, my brothers and sisters in UECP, our Christian life is a faith race, and I exhort all of us to lay aside the weights that slows us down, lay aside the sin that will cause us to stumble and endure our faith race. 
we have an example, Jesus Christ. So let us fix our eyes on him. Now that we will go through a tough and rigorous exercise, no? sorry, know that we will go through a tough and rigorous exercise. And this is God's way of training those he loves and those he considers his own sons and daughters. And lastly, during the course of our race, we will get weak, we will lose heart. I again exhort us, do not forget to fix our eyes on Jesus so that we will all finish our respective faith race. Remember, patiently endure the race. Focus on Jesus, the author of faith. As a personal application, let me give some practical tips on how to fix our eyes on Jesus. Number one, routine. No? As you begin refocusing to Jesus or refocusing on Jesus, it will be good to have a regular routine. Start the day by being grateful. Thank God for another day. And then listen to a couple of worship songs. After that, study and meditate on God's word. Number two, remove distractions. You know, there may be things or people that takes away your focus on God. There may be things that you're watching or reading that's influencing you negatively. Remove all of them. Then spend more time or surround yourself with fellow brothers and sisters as this will help you stay strong in your faith race. Join a life group. Number three, remind to redirect and help you focus on Jesus. Surround yourself with the reminders of Jesus. Jesus is the word and so surround yourself with him. You can do this by posting verses on your walls, on your laptops, on your phones. Place them everywhere that your eyes and minds will redirect you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Patiently endure the race. Focus on Jesus, the author of faith. Let us bow our heads as we close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for putting us into the race. You know that we desire to run strong. We desire to run well. And I pray that you will always remind us to fix our eyes only to your begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Please help us that we may truly put all weights aside and unwrap the sin that will cause us to stumble. We pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, we will endure and run the race consistently, like those great hosts of witnesses who have run before us. Be with us always, Lord, for we ask all of, all of this only in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen.